Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Why don't you look at two or three people and say you look cuter after worship? Happy fourth birthday. All right. Let somebody know that you love them. Uh, man, we are excited. We are excited. I cannot believe it's been four years. Man. Absolutely amazing. Uh, listen, first of all, can, I, can we just give a huge thanks here in just a second? Listen, we need to thank everyone, all the volunteers, all the people that made today possible and the last four years possible. Would you just give it up for our servant leaders really quick? Because I don't want to go anywhere until I first just thank all the people that make this thing possible. My wife and I love you. We appreciate you. We can't afford you all. You're amazing. Like, thank you so much. You're so beautiful. All the smiles, the hugs, the laughs. Um, I, I wrote some little notes down. Uh, literally, by this point, dozens and dozens of people have given their lives to Jesus. Hundreds of people have been reached. Thousands of hours have been served. Hundreds of meals have been provided for the homeless, and countless cups of coffee have been poured in Jesus' name. And I thank you guys because you have made all of this uh, so, so beautifully possible, and I thank you so much. I also have my lovely wife here. Uh, she planted a church. She had twins. What more do you want, right? Like, it's so amazing, and I, I thank you, babe. I, again, you've just been a beautiful, beautiful help the last four years, and, you know, when you have a husband, it's like, hey, I feel called to plant a church. You know, that's, that's a good reason to get out of the marriage right there, you know, and, uh, and so my wife is just hung in there, and, and she's been one of the greatest support. In fact, when I didn't even want to do it, she's like, you got to do it, and pushed me right out the door, and, and so she, she kept pushing me on in faith, and, and man, it's, it's a beautiful backstory there, so thank you, baby. Um, we're going to kind of continue today uh, on a message on Big God, and we've been going there the last few weeks, and I think for the next few weeks, actually, I'm just going to kind of keep this concept going of Big God. Uh, I just can't kind of get out of my heart yet, and, and so I'm like, let's just camp on it, and we'll, we'll just dig into it today, and, and today, I really just want to use the story of our church to encourage you on your journey. Uh, you have a story, you have a journey, you have a calling on your life, uh, and I want to kind of use my context and a little bit of my story to encourage your story today, if that's okay, for our, our, our fourth birthday. Uh, because so many things go on behind the scenes that, that happen that you go through that nobody knows about on Sunday, right? And so I want to peel back some of the layers today and, and teach and preach to you. And hopefully you can walk away uh, more encouraged today than, than when you came in. Encouragement is kind of like showering. We need it almost daily because it wears off, right? And, uh, and so just like you got to take another shower, we need encouragement. We need each other. In fact, I've never met anybody that's ever said, you can stop, Pastor, I'm too encouraged. I feel too good about my life and the way that my marriage is going and my kids and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no one ever seems to say that. We need encouragement. In fact, when the Bible says when we get together, encourage each other. Put courage in each other. Help each other out because life, life is challenging. And so uh, we're going to spend some time today uh, on that as we, as we dive in, in today. Let me pray for us, and, and we're gonna, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, thank you for four years. Uh, I, I know so many things that maybe the average person doesn't know, all the, the little miracles that take place again and again and again to get us to moments like this. And 
God, today we, we kind of stand uh, on a mountain of victory and a mountain of your faithfulness, a mountain of your grace that you have brought us this far and we're just getting started. But Lord, without your grace, without your hand of favor, this would, would not be possible at all. And so God, today we are really grateful and we celebrate. And God, we want to be changed. In Jesus' name, if you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. We're going to look at Matthew uh, 14. Uh, so if you want to kind of prepare that, you can. I'll, I'll do a couple things first. And, but we're going to go to Matthew 14 in a moment and look at that scripture, uh, a well-known scripture. Um, but before we get to that, if with, by a show of hands, has anyone ever had their trust broken? And it was just put your hands up, right? I mean, I would imagine that's about all of us, okay? Right? You, you thought that relationship in the eighth grade was going to work out, right? Like you were, you were going all the way to marriage, and it just it didn't work out. We, we've all had... Our, our trust broken. In fact, I did a little research, and uh, it, it seems that about 7% of all communication in a day is a lie. That, that 7% of all of our communication throughout a day is, is lies, okay? So that's encouraging. Now, over 90% of it is, are those little white lies, right? Just the small little lies, right? It's not the big ones. It's just, it's just the itty-bitty itty little ones. Um, my mom was just a classic white liar, Right? Anybody have a mom like that? Like just classic white like, like she'd answer the phone, right? How you doing? Oh, we're good. Come on. Like the kids are in the back, right? We're we're going crazy. And she'd be like, oh, how are you doing? And she'd look at me like, what are you doing? Right? You know, and oh, I love, yeah, they're good. They're doing their homework. You know, you know and I'm just like, man, if this lady only knew the other side, right? Like, and, and we do it all the time in church too, right? Like we kind of white lie in church. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. You have the worst week of your life. And you're like, I'm blessed, you know, and it's like, come on, like, like we do it. So, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, kind of human, right? Um, again, some, some more research uh, on, and on an estimation. We are lied to, when you include all marketing and everything we hear and all the conversations we have, we're lied to about 10 to 200 times a day. Now, if you have kids, you're closer to that 200, right? Like, you know, it's like, it's like and, and we lie to ourselves an average of one to two times in the same period. Isn't that interesting? We lie to ourselves about one to two times a day, and we hear anywhere from 10 to maybe 200 lies uh, any day. So is it any surprise to any of us when Jesus invites us into a trust relationship that you and I have a problem with trust? It should, should it be any wonder for us that when God invites us to follow him into the unknown and trust him with things we can't control, that we struggle with this concept of trust? Titus 1-2 says, which God who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. God, God cannot lie. When he builds a relationship with you, it is built on trust and truth. He, he cannot lie. But because of all of the fractured relationships in our life, we all struggle with this thing called trust, don't we? Matthew 14. I'm going to be reading from the message starting in verse 24. It says, meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea. So Jesus was praying. He sends the disciples on the boat. They're out in the Sea of Galilee. I had the opportunity several years ago to go to Israel and be on the Sea of Galilee. It was a really cool experience. Um, it says the wind came up and, and they were battered by the waves. Now about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the water. They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. How many know that everything is more terrifying at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m.? Right? Like midnight is not so scary yet. 6 a.m., 5 a.m., everybody's awake, coffee's pouring. But 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., if you hear any noise at all at 3 a.m., we're all a little freaked out. 
Last, last night, uh, my wife and my two kids, we put all these balloons together. We were blowing up all these balloons, these little, this little machine that blew up the balloons and tying them and everything. So we had like hundreds of balloons in our living room last night. And about 4 a.m., one of the balloons popped, right? And, and my wife gets up, ah! And I'm like, what the heck, woman? Like, you're, she thought somebody's breaking in the house. It's just, it's 4 a.m. You don't hear a loud bang at 4 a.m. And this is just a really good analogy for today. And so everything is scarier at 4 a.m. Jesus comes to me, says, courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter suddenly says, master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And he said, come on, man, let's, let's go. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. When he looked down at the waves turning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and pushed Peter's head under the water. No, it doesn't say that. Come on, I just want to make sure you're, I want to make sure you're paying attention to my, my story. He, he reached down and grabbed his hand, and he said, Faint heart, what got into you? Ooh, I love that. Faint heart, what got into you? And the two of them climbed into the boat. The wind died down. The disciples in the boat watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, saying, This is it. Surely you are God's, surely you're God's son. Now, you've all probably heard the analogy of, you know, Peter steps out onto the water, and as long as his eyes were on Jesus and not on the winds and the waves that he was able to to walk, and the moment he gets his mind and his eyes on the the water and the winds and the the waves, and and he kind of loses his faith, he gets overcome with fear, he begins to sink, right? And I, I think there is something there to be said where it's like, when I keep my eyes on Jesus, I'm definitely doing a lot better than when I'm just keeping my eyes on the problems. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like you, you got more month than money. You get a little worried, right? You, you got these problems with your relationships. You got things going on. You're like, I don't know how to solve this. I got, got all my mind on the waves, and now my emotions are up and down. I'm all over the place, you know, and there's something to be said about I would just focus on Christ. You know, man, I'm doing a little bit better. I kind of live above a lot of my circumstances in life, right? So there's that. But it, when we stepped out to plant the church, I had a mentor, and I'll never forget this, said when, when Jesus invites you out of the boat and onto water, it's never to watch you drown. When Jesus invites you out of the boat and onto the water, it's never to watch you drown. See, my story is, is such that God had asked me to plant a church. That's part of my journey. But God is asking you to do something. God wants to do something in your, in your mind, in your heart, your marriage, your, your kids, your, your career, your journey, your story. God wants to do something in and through your life. And, and part of that, he will invite you into his space where you have to trust them. And a lot of my entrepreneurs, you're like, yo, this is like every day of my life. You know, like, how is this going to work out? Like, he invites you into something that requires faith, where, where you don't have all the answers, but he's saying, come on out and trust me. When God talks to you and he invites you into a relationship with him, we invite you into this moment. He's saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to look at me. I want you to hang on. And it's never to watch you drown. Now, our story is such that there was this little thing called COVID we didn't know was coming, right? So we arguably planted a church at the worst time in human history, right? Like we planted a year and a few months before COVID showed up. And guys, it was tough. It was hard. How many of you were here back in the high school days, the Northeast high school days? A few of us? Okay, right? That was work. Like, do you guys remember how much work that was setting up that school? We were sweating it's, it's August heat. We're like, can we just quit for a few months in the summer and, you know, come back in the fall? Like, it was hard. We didn't even have a space to hang out inside in the AC. If you remember those days, we had mosquitoes. 
we were fighting. You know, we were pouring out hot coffee, and it's 100 degrees. We're like, what are we doing? Like, let's go ice coffee at least. Like, it was a lot of work. It was really hard. And, and, and it's like we'd worked so hard over a year. We just break the 100 barrier, and then this thing called COVID shows up. And we are digital for about nine, ten months. We did, you know, we the lease, of course, got kicked out with COVID, and, and we lost our space, we lost the momentum, everything. And I'm like, what in the world are we gonna do? And the first six months, everything held just great. I'm like, this is awesome. And then month seven, month eight, month nine came, and it was like, woo! And I was like, oh man, what are we gonna do? And I remember I called the board. You know, and you talk about. Listen, Jesus, like, why did you talk to me about doing this church plant? Because my life was good until you messed it up. You ever had those moments with God where you're just like, you kind of ruined my life. Like, what do you do? Like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I know you guys are too holy for that. But every now and then I have these real conversations with Jesus. And, 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 so, and so I'm just like, what in the world are we going to do? Like, we're in trouble. And, 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 I, and I had this moment. I called the board. And I said, hey, guys, uh, you know, the last few months for us have been a little rocky. We're uh, kind of on the way down. And. In fact, I think we should either get going again and get back to meeting, uh, or maybe it's time to just thank everybody and close the doors. I, I don't know what we should do. This is kind of a dark, you know, it's probably my darkest moment in the last four years, you know, because you're like, well, I just, here we told everybody we we're going to do this thing. It was going to be awesome, and we just crashed this thing into the wall, man. And, and it's like, oh, man, and, you know, and I, I don't know how you're wired, but anytime, you know, I face the fear of failure, I'm just, I'm never myself, right? Like, that's the, it's like the worst emotion for me to, to face. And so I'm just like, this is sad, man. This is it. And so I called the board, and we prayed for a whole week. And I remember one night, I, I, I sent the whole family upstairs, listen, put the kids to bed, and I'm downstairs, put some worship music on on some YouTube or something in the background, and I'm just praying for probably an hour or two. And it was one of those conversations with God. Again, I don't know if you've ever had it, right? But I'm like, listen, God, listen, if you don't want this thing, I will be the first person to close the door on this church. Like, I'll put the clothes sign up myself. Like, like, if you don't want it, I don't want it. I don't need it. It's so hard. I've done everything I can do. Listen to this. And I'm out. You ever been to that moment? I've done everything I can do, and I, I am out. I'm done. I've maximized every, like, thought, energy, nothing. It's not working. And, I mean, we were just like, what in the world? And so we got together at the end of that week, and we all prayed, and probably for another half hour, you know, hour together as a, as a team, as a board there. And, and, and all three men were like, you know, we all feel in our heart, you need to keep going. You just need to keep going. It's, let's, let's open doors. Let's just keep going. And it was so funny because after a whole week of prayer, I just felt in my heart this little nudge like, keep going. I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet you, right? And that was at the time, it doesn't sound so scary now, but at the time, that was such a scary thing. I mean, I'm like looking for jobs. I'm like, I'm going to Amazon warehouse. Like, I mean, I'm just anywhere. Like, I'm like, what am I going to do? And, and I'll tell you what, guys, we, we decided to reopen at the end of 2020. And when we first reopened, I think it was like 20 people, right? We all were spacing out with masks, and it was just like an awkward experience, the whole thing all of itself together. And I'm like, what in the world? I watched Jesus in the next six months transform this church. I watched things turn around. I watched the finances turn around. I watched new people start coming in. I watched a space like this open up into well to the point today we had to have two services to celebrate because we couldn't fit everybody in one service. I don't know about you, but I have had the opportunity to sit back and say, man, not by my power, but by his. I got to watch Jesus do something in my life. Amen. And I get to say to you today, I've got to watch the Lord invite me onto the water not to watch me drown. 
He invited me out so that we could do something. And uh, this journey, man, like this journey has made me face the fear of failure. It's made me face my insecurities, my fears of rejection, my fears of not being liked. Not everybody likes the pastor. I wish they did, but they don't, you know. I mean, it's 2020s. It's like, it's only better, right? I'm like, man, I got to find a new career. This is crazy. Like, no, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. All right, I'll be here for year five. And, but it's just, it's wild times. And I, and I was just like, God, it's made me face so much, but you didn't make me face it alone. So I don't know what your journey will make you face. I just know you don't have to face it alone. I want to show you this clip real quick. Can we pull this clip up? Emily, crank the sound up for me, guys, and watch this real fast. A good start from Liu in lane five, and it's a conservative one from Libby Clegg. She's leaving something in the tank for the straight, and they're side by side as they come off the bend, but now Clegg accelerates on the inside. Xu's not beaten yet, but it looks as though Clegg is going to take the gold, and Libby Clegg sprinting up towards the line takes the gold for Great Britain in a new Paralympic record. Uh, beautiful. You can hit the sound for me. Just keep that thing running so they can kind of keep watching. This is from 2016 in the Paralympics in Brazil. And Libby Clegg is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, she's fast, she's strong, but at the age of nine years old, she was diagnosed with a genetic disease and it impaired her eyesight. And so what these runners do is they've got the physical strength, but watch this, they don't know the way. They don't know where the boundaries are, where the lanes are. They don't know where they are in relationship to the other runners. And they don't know how to get to the finish line. And so what they need is they need a guide. And in this case, her, her guide was Chris Clark. And Chris also tried out for the Olympics. But he just didn't have a fast enough time to qualify for the regular Olympics. And he tells the reporter, he said, I could have sat there in self-pity or... I could have made somebody else's dreams happen. And he decided to train with Libby. And Libby said it was one of the best decisions of her life, getting Chris to be her guide. And they run by tying a band literally together with their hands so that Libby can feel the motion of Chris's hand going up and going down. Chris will communicate with her, say, hey, we're a little bit ahead or we're behind or run faster, or run harder, or we're okay, or hey, the finish line is here. And so he does all the seeing and the talking. She does the listening and the responding and the making sure I'm in sync with Chris, my guide. It's just this beautiful, beautiful story. What a picture of Christ and his church and Christ and you. I don't always know the way. I don't know what challenges are coming. I don't always know the lanes that I need to be in or where all the issues are at. But how many of you know that we know someone who does? His job is the journey and the finish line. My job is to get to know him. In fact, as Libby recognizes his hand is going up, she throws her hand up. As his hand comes down, she throws her hand down, and they run in sync. Now, this race would be impossible without trust. Could you imagine if Libby did not trust and get to trust Chris and begin to trust him? The journey would not be possible. Can I submit to you today that your journey with Christ is impossible without trust? I don't have to know it all. I just need to get to know him and trust him where he's taking me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Submit to him or yield to him, and he will make your paths straight.
Here's some things you can trust Jesus with this morning. You can trust Jesus with your past. You can trust Jesus with your mistakes. God has a big mop. Amen. You can trust Jesus with your career. You can trust Jesus with your future. You can trust Jesus with your spouse. You can trust Jesus with your kids, with your mind, with your inabilities. You can trust Jesus with your loneliness. You can trust Jesus with your fears. In fact, when you and I begin to feel anxious, that should be a little bell on the inside of you signifying it's time to trust Jesus. What I have learned in life is that I can always make a decision to trust Jesus. Often I'm like, God, show me the way. And God's like, I just want to show you my son more. So many times again and again in my life, like, God, give me the finish line. He's like, why don't you just focus on Jesus? I'm convinced at this point in my life, everything the Father is trying to do in my life is to get me to see more of who Jesus is and what he's done for me. Amen. He wants me to focus on my guide. Psalms 910, those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. What a beautiful thought. What do I got to do, pastor? Seek Jesus. But I, I don't, that's not the finish line. Seek Jesus. Where are the boundaries? Seek Jesus. Who's running next to me? Seek Jesus. Where's my spouse at? I don't know. Seek Jesus. You know, like, seek Jesus. Get to know your guide. Trust him. I can always choose to trust him. Several years ago when we bought our house, it was so funny. We signed the papers on Thursday, and then by Saturday, COVID had broken out and all of South Florida shut down. Remember how South Florida's like, oh, we're good. We're chill. It's overseas. We were happy like the week of. And then by Saturday, we're like, ah! Remember how that was? And so I don't know why we're like this in South Florida. Like, we're like, we didn't see it coming. Like, I love us. I really do. I love us. We're so fun and chill. You know, like, we're just like, we'll go to the beach. And then we're like, oh, my God. Like, it's just great. It was great. I love South Florida. And so, so like, literally, we sign on Thursday. By Saturday, the whole world shut down. That, that Friday, by Friday night, people are calling me like, you having church? Are you having church? I'm like, I don't know. Shouldn't I have church? I don't know. I was going to have church. Like, what? I mean, just everything shut down. And, and, and I remember we, we got in, and of course, we're quarantined now, and everything, everything shuts down. And, and, uh, but around that time, we planted a little orange tree in our backyard. And, and, and the funny thing about orange trees is, like, for three to five years, they don't produce any fruit. Like, no oranges. Like, you can get some blossoms, but there's no orange juice coming for three to five years. And then when the orange tree produces, like, its first, like, fruit, it's, like, literally, like, one or two fruit. That's it. Can't eat it. They're not that good. No juice. Nothing. Just a little bit. And then the next season, you can get like a dozen oranges, but they're still not that good. And then the season after that, you get a few dozen. And the season after that, guess what? You got orange juice forever, right? Like you're good to go. You got more oranges than what you know to do with, right? Here's what I've learned. If, if If a plant produces fruit before it's ready, it'll break the plant. And I've watched God move around us, grow us, challenge us, comfort us, do all kinds of things, right? Here's what I do know, church. There is a whole orchard in this house right here. You and I have no idea how many lives are attached to this plant right here. How many marriages will be restored? How many minds will be healed? How many people will come to know Christ? How many people will be encouraged? You and I have no idea. In fact, you and I, leaders, you are showing up for people that haven't even shown up yet. There are people being born right now that will know Jesus from this church because of this moment right here. There is a whole orchard in this house. But how many of you know you got to believe in the plant before it does anything? 
you got to just trust the process. Come on, guys. I have learned now, even when it doesn't look like it, Jesus is working. Even when I can't see it, I just choose to trust because I'm like, I, all I see is this. But you see an orchard in there, Jesus. That plant's got everything in it to produce an entire orchard. I just can't see it right now. i got to trust the process. Every couple of months, I go around, I fertilize it, I water it, right? Not, nothing. It's just like you keep nurturing it, you keep nurturing it, and you watch what God will do with it. Why am I saying all this? Listen, so much of life is like that. We all want to jump and we want to see the fruit like next week, right? And all of us millennials, come on, we are the microwave generation. We don't even have ads anymore. We pay subscriptions so we don't have to see nothing in our way, right? If we don't get it in 30 seconds, we're mad. Jesus is an oven. He is not a microwave, baby. And he will cook you for a long time. And he'll start a process in your life. And he'll keep, this is what the Bible says, don't get discouraged in doing well. Why? Because it's easy to get discouraged when you're doing all the right things you don't see something. And Paul understands, he's like, keep going, keep doing it, keep trusting the process, just submit to that thing, trust Jesus, he's going to make it happen. And, and what I've really come to believe in my heart is like, God, I don't know all the things that you have planned for this thing, I'm just going to come and show up to the process and trust you with the whole thing. We've already planted one church in India, we've sent out Hubert and Emma, they're going to plant in Lauderdale Lakes, I'm so excited for them, I just talked to them like last week. So we've already got two little plants coming out of our plant, and I love this, it's a beautiful thing. And I think the sky is the limit on so many things. And again, I can't believe, we had to go to two services today just to hold all the people. And they were both pretty full, and it's very exciting. This is even more full. I like people that like to be a little later and turn up late, right? Come on, this is the 1130. I knew, I knew you were going to be a little bit more awake than the first one. And uh, so I, I like you all. I, I, I get you. Uh, but I believe God's got so much in store for us. I really do. And I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for four years. It means more to me than I'll ever be able to communicate to you, honestly. And so listen, whatever you are going through, when Jesus talks to you, he says, come on out of that boat and come on out of that water. Trust me. It's never to watch you drown. He ain't going to push your head under that water. He's going to lift you up when you get down. Amen? Let me pray for us. We'll be done. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for it today. Thank you, God, for your beautiful presence. Thank you for the word of your power, God, and your grace. Thank you that you have sovereignly sustained this church for four years and many more years to come. And, God, we ask for the harvest in Jesus' name. If you believe that with me, say Amen, 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 amen. All right, y'all, I love you. Give me a little music, gentlemen, back there. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.